Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 33. Today, I'll be interviewing Karen Hoving. Karen recently published the children's book, Darcy and Daisy, the Christmas Puppy. Karen is also a TV producer who's been on many adventures. Some of those experiences included cuddling with baby chimps, helping um, excavate dinosaur bones, and filming an active volcano. She lives with her husband, daughter, two funny cats, and her two adorable dogs named Darcy and Daisy. Um, And also check out Karen's website at DarcyandDaisy.com and also follow her Instagram at DarcyandDaisy. Thank you so much, Karen, for being here. I'm really excited for you to talk about your new children's book. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So your your dogs are so adorable. And one of the things that whenever I, because I I follow you on Instagram and I'm just amazed at how you could get those pictures. (laughs) <laughs> about how they're so, so anyway, and your book is so adorable. I just think it's just wonderful. Um, the dogs and the book and, you know, just seeing all your adventures on, on Instagram and following you. It's really, I can't wait for you to talk about it. So I, so the oh, first question you. that I had for you was maybe you could just give me a background in case people don't know, um, the story of Darcy and Daisy and what inspired you to write a book about them. Yeah. So, um, and what's really fun is they've been coming to book readings. And, oh, uh, I'm sure that's great. <laughs> so when I, so normally I have them and they're kind of working the crowd. And sometimes they even like I'm sitting on their leashes, but they get away and the kids are just patting them the whole time I'm telling their story. But um, their story is we had this really old cat and a hamster and my daughter really wanted a dog. And, and um, to be perfectly honest, I had this tremendous fear of dogs because I was bitten in my twenties. Um, and I was just uncomfortable around them. So I researched the gentlest type of dog. Cause I wanted, I wanted to get her a dog and that turned out to be a King Charles Spaniel. And so we got one for her and he, he's this incredibly adorable, playful little puppy. And he just, he kept trying to play with that old cat and the cat d- was not interested at all. And we also had this hamster and he was in a little bubble and he tried to play with him, but it was just, it would have been a disaster. So it's not, not an appropriate playmate. And so one of the things that um, our family also does is we foster baby kittens. And one day I got this, these two little orange kittens and he just attached himself to them right away. He was playing with them constantly. He was taking care of them like they were his babies, like licking them and sleeping with them and fussing over them. There's actually great videos on, uh, on YouTube and Instagram of this, but then they got adopted, which is the reality of fostering animals and they had to leave. And he was really upset. Like I didn't think a dog would get this upset. He even stopped eating and he was moping around the house. We even took him to the vet um, who said, well, there's nothing wrong with him physically. Um, And this was around Christmas time. And my husband and I just spontaneously one Sunday just decided to get him a little puppy friend. And so we brought Daisy in. And uh, he was a little tentative at first, but once she started playing with him with a little attack, he was completely in and they've been so close since then. And he started eating again right away because if he didn't, she would eat his food. So it was um, an instant fix. 
and a lot more fun for him to have a companion. So what inspired me to write the book is I would tell the story to friends of my daughter and the kids loved his, they really seemed to identify with Darcy's quest for friendship. So I started to think that this little true journey of finding a friend would be a lovely kid's book. So that was the inspiration. And it is, and I feel like it aligns perfectly. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a true story and it's, and it's such a nice story. I, I just think it's, it's adorable. And I love the fact that, you know, you could go on your Instagram, you could say on YouTube and see the dogs. And it, I think it just takes the story to a different level, you know, cause yeah, it's, not it's just fun knowing fuck. it's a true story. And I think having those pictures at the end, like it's, it's an illustrated book, but then you could see that this was a true story and see the little characters. So one of the, one of the questions that I have just, mm-hmm. you know, cause I always ask people about their background. So you being a TV producer, how, how did that influence you in writing the book? I think it's, it's sort of trans very translates, um, well, both jobs. So as a t- TV producer, and I'm also an editor, and I work in unscripted TV and documentaries, just, you know, basically telling storytelling all the time. So I'm always trying to find an arc, identify main stories, resolve dramas. Um, so it, it relates very closely to writing a book. Um, just a little bit more complex when you're dealing with documentary footage, but you're just carving out a story from what really happened. Yeah, so, so that's yeah, that's really interesting. Have you ever thought about doing a documentary about Darcy and Daisy? Well, I did do a little one. There's a sort of a mini one about the book, which has a lot of stock footage in it. That's on YouTube. Um, so yeah, but it's, oh, it's hard because we weren't I'll really shooting that. it. It was, it's more shot on little iPhones. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I could do little. I could do little shorts, movies about them. I've thought about it. Yeah. Ah, that's really cool. Well, I'll include that in the um, so everyone can see that as well. Um, so you know, how we how so when you read it to your you know your daughter and her friends, um, the book. So what what would you like children to learn from from the story? Well, I think the the main message of this book is to never give up on tr- on trying to find your best friend, and everyone's worthy of love and friendship. Um, but I think another main takeaway that kids can get is about fostering baby animals. Um, cause that's a big part of the story and you can make a big difference when you, when you're getting a rescued animal well enough to be adopted, but there's also sadness because the animal's ultimately going to go to its forever home. So that's an interesting takeaway and something kids can learn about, which I don't know is in a lot of kids books, just fostering baby animals and what that's like. And what was it like when you, um, when you brought home Daisy, right? Cause, cause Darcy was already home. Like, what was that? How did you acclimate the two dogs together? Well, yeah, th- th- what was interesting that night is, um, Darcy was still in a crate, crate being crate trained. Cause he liked his crate so much. I usually have the door open. He just loved it. So he had a crate and I got her a crate because it's a great way to train animals or dogs is to crate train them. So they were in basically crates next to each other. In the book, I made it beds, so it wouldn't be so weird. But um, she started crying in the middle of the night. This is in the book and howling, just carrying on. It was like two in the morning. And I just took her and put her in with him. And she snuggled up right away and was very happy. And, and they both seemed happy. So they actually slept together in a little crate for the, the first few months until they were, she was too big to. Um, but they got up, they, it was, it was really love at first sight. As soon as they started playing, he was pretty thrilled. Um, and they're like, they are like joined at the hip, two peas in a pod. 
if you see the pictures, they're always close together. Uh, they they love each other very much. It's adorable. And how do you get them to, I mean, like, how do you get them to pose so well in those pictures? Cause they, yeah. you know, I, that's, that's one of the things that I wonder, cause you know, I used to have a dog, um, but you know, I mean, I, I could definitely got some good pictures of my dog, you know, when she was alive, but how did, but I'm just curious, like how you get both of them to, you know, they're, you know, you dress them up and they, they, like, how do you get them to pose so well? Well, and, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a secret. So I'll, I'll take a lot of times I'll, I'll take a spoonful of peanut butter and I clench it in my teeth. So I have the camera and then there's peanut butter oh, <laughs> under the so camera. Cute. So they're, they're pretty excited about that. So you, when they're looking at the lens, it's because I have, you know, in my teeth, a spoon with peanut butter. <laughs> Oh, and I did that so often that now they associate the camera with a treat. So they get very excited. If I take the camera out, if you were here and I take the camera out, they're like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting because they associate it with a fun treat. I don't even have to give them the peanut butter anymore. Um, and also I, I have in my house in the back is a little sort of um, a retaining wall that I put them at a lot, which gives a nice eye level view of them. So you really have to be on them. So I, I perch them on the side and then I can shoot right at their, at, at their eye level. So that makes it really easy if you want to take a good picture of your animal. I think also putting them on a chair. So you're right in their face. I mean, otherwise you have to, for a little dog, just get on your belly on the ground. <laughs> yeah, no, but, that's, that's how I used to get with my back yeah. hounds who was super short. So. Oh. <laughs> So do you still foster, uh, do you still foster kittens? I did for a little while after that, but then I had one that drove our older cat crazy and I thought it wasn't the best choice for us anymore to do it, but I really recommend doing it. It's, um, quite wonderful. Uh, it just was trying, it was starting to drive one of my older cats really crazy. So, um, I stopped it for a while, but I, I, I recommend doing it. I, it's a great experience. There's so many, especially in LA, there's so many little cats that need homes. Um, and you just take them until they're adopted. So. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great option too. I mean, I, I actually rescued birds, so I have three little birds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm all about, I'm all about the fostering and the rescuing. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things I love about your book is at the end of the book, about the questions that you had, are you more like Darcy or Daisy? Yeah. And I thought that was a really cute activity for the kids. So how did you think of that activity? Well, this is, um, this comes from my daughter and she always loved books that had a quiz at the end. So it was like, what kind of princess are you? And what's your fairy name? And we actually only had two books that, that had that. And she would just do those quizzes again and again and again and try to get different answers. So I, um, knowing that she loved these quizzes, I wanted to do a quiz at the end of this book. So you can, kids can find out if you're more like Darcy or Daisy. And, um, everyone seems to love doing the quiz and I, I get a lot of great feedback about it. And when I've been doing these readings at bookshops, we do it at the end for everyone. And you just see kids wake up and get really excited. Um, they want to find out who they're more like. <laughs> it's really cute. And how does your daughter feel about the book? I, I think she loves it. She's now a teenager. She's 13 now. Um, she loves it. It's cute. It's like a little memory book of her childhood. So she's also one of the characters that he tries to play with and she dresses him up. So it's pretty funny. Oh, that's really, um, that's really cute. Yeah. I think she loves it. 
I hope she loves it. I'm sure because she's part of the, she's one of the characters in the book, which is so nice. So she must also help you um, when you're doing your readings at the, at the bookstores. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I used to read to her every night. I would read three books to her every night, but then, you know, when they get into being a teenager, they don't want that. But every once in a while now she will let me, um, which is wonderful for me. And so what was the process like in, in finding an illustrator? Cause I, you know, I've done mascot, I've also a mascot mm-hmm. author and, um, everyone always has a little bit of a different story about how they found their illustrator. Um, and like kind of what, you know, cause I know that it was probably really important for you to get that right image of the dogs, obviously, since they're the main characters, but what was that pro- that process like for you? Well, it was, uh, it was very easy because I looked at the portfolios that I had and I liked Alicia Pace right away because of the emotion she puts in her animal drawings, the, the, they, in their eyes, their surprise, their sadness. She had a little fox on the throne that looked very sad. And I, was, I said, yes, this is the person. And then they, she did a little sort of audition, which I just fell in love with. She captured their personalities perfectly. And that little audition sketch is in the book now. <laughs> I liked it so much. It's the one at the very end of the two dogs together. Um, it's such a great image. So it was just basically a love at first sight. I loved her work and, and I love what she did to it. She brought so much to the book too, because I loved how she, she kept, I never visualized even being able to see the human beings. I thought it would just be the animals, but she put humans in it, which is cool. And, and she kept putting Skittles in this bubble throughout the book which I just thought was wonderful. I never visualized that. So it's, it's a true collaboration. <laughs> and I also like, you know, it's not on every page, but throughout the book that you also highlighted certain sentences in a different color, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, know? no, I loved that. That was the graphic designer. It was a great collaboration. So yeah, I really I thought, that, that. I thought that looked really, really beautiful too. I really liked that. And what I also love is just like, uh, you know, with, with regard to the illustrations about how they're, you know, they're kind of all different um, sizes and formats on the, on, uh-huh. on the different pages. I just feel like that. I don't know. I feel like it makes the, the story flow really nicely. Okay. And it just pulls, I think it just pulls the, you know, the illustrations and the text just go so well together. It's a really, really cute story. Oh, thank you so I mean, much. It really yeah, a little bit of that is like the, a, a bit of a TV background. Sometimes when I wanted to, uh, an illustration to be different, I'd be like, yeah, she's, it's like Daisy's jumping out at the lens, you know, like jumping out at the person. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's great. I mean, that's kind of my question before is I think you probably, cause you, you don't even realize how much influence it has over yeah. probably. And you know how much it's helped because I mean, I just love the. I don't know. I, I think the story is adorable. So oh, thank you. So, um, much. so what's your plan for future books for Darcy and Daisy? Are you planning on writing any more? Yes, I can. I, I mean, I can, I can write many more of these books, but I want to see how well this one does before the next one. But I do have an idea on what the next one will be about. Um, and, and because I, I wanted Darcy to be a therapy dog at the children's hospital here in LA. And I did all the steps to do it. So, you know, you have to do an online test, which I did. And I was training him and we went to the, we went to this big test to do it. Um, And he had to go through a number of things like sit, stay. And he was very good at it, but he failed at stay for some reason. Oh yeah, maybe. (laughs) But we're going to try again in a couple months and practice it. So this, 
So I would love to tell the story of him being a therapy dog and it'll be a true story and it'll, it already has a natural arc because he has to overcome <laughs> overcome this first trial of uh, being of failing the test. So that would be a good first book with a natural story arc. Well, that is also because I think it's just a good lesson for everybody. I mean, yeah. that you don't always pass the first time. Exactly. You know? And yeah. if you really want something, you have to keep trying. Absolutely. I, I, I guess I was a little, I thought he would pass right away too. We were very confident. We went in confident and left not confident. <laughs> so, so what was this, what was this, what's this whole experience like since you, cause you started the Instagram, I guess, when you, when you got Daisy, right? Is that when you started it? I mean, cause it's no, really, I, I, yeah. I started it in 2016. So it was, it was when, um, social media was, was all about the election. And so I found myself going to Instagram more looking at puppies and kittens just to kind of get away from politics. And I, I just started to think, oh, I can do this. Why don't I do this? And, um, so I did and it grew and grew. So it was really fun. It's been a fun sort of hobby. Yeah. And what's that been like for you? I mean, just having such a big following and, um, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure it's also helped you just kind of think about different ways of being, I mean, cause you're so creative already being a producer and, and a yeah. writer, but, um, I was just curious about like uh, probably a lot of other opportunities as well. Cause you've met a yeah, lot, it's, a lot of people. The, the Instagram is really fun. I think one of the most enjoyable things is connecting to people around the world. Like we, I have friends in Australia, in Belgium, in Florida, all over the place. Um, and that's really fun is to connect with people and you really can connect with them if you're engaged and are, are responding to comments and look at things. And especially with the King Charles Cavalier community, it's very tight knit and it's, it's really fun. And it's, it's a fun challenge. It's just to come up with a photo that might be a big hit is, is fun. And also just images that I like. I've been really um, obsessed lately with shooting the dogs running towards me in different locations, uh, because I love sometimes you, so I just do blast photography and you just, the things you capture, you don't even know till you get home, but you might have to go to the beach and shoot um, a thousand pictures. And then just, you just capturing both animals as they're both off the ground to me is very exciting. So probably the thing I love the most is the photography and then having a place to actually share it and have other people be excited about what you've done is pretty special. I like that a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, has photography been something that you've always been interested in? Yeah, it has um, for sure. I've always been interested in it. It just, it makes it more exciting if people are actually looking at it. So it's not just something it's, that's on your phone. <laughs> Right. A, a large uh, part of it was just putting silly hats on my on my dogs. Like uh, before I started the Instagram, I would put Easter bunny hats on them and take a picture. And they, maybe you send it, you text it to three people and they're like, oh, that's kind of weird. OK, that's cute. But now I have, you know, tens of thousands of people who think it's awesome. <laughs> it's, and where do you get all those outfits from? Like, do you do you buy them or do you make them? Um, mostly they're they're just cobbled together from different things and whatever I see on our travels or, or, or whatever. People send me stuff too. Um, but yeah, mostly I just buy it. I, a lot of the stuff, like I usually get at, um, little, like little girl fancy shops, you know, where you'd buy bows and stuff. Yeah, it's mostly yeah, like yeah. human stuff. Um, yeah, but then I get, I get some costume scents, which is really fun. 
Yeah. There's a company that keeps sending me like, uh, it looks like sort of fancy dog outfit wear, which is really fun. <laughs> oh, that's cute. So they probably, you probably dress them up for the readings and the reading. So you're located in Los where Angeles. All uh, right, right, right. So, I mean, all your readings are going are in California then. Yeah. Or like local. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm sure anyone, I'm sure if, well, if anyone's listening, that isn't your area, it'd be great to go. And your, all your events are posted on your website. Like all yeah, your, I readings? have them on the Instagram actually. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I have a little, one of those little in, the tabs that says events. We have one this morning. Um, and yeah, I, I put them in a little outfit and, and they just, they're very good with kids. It was, it was just, it melted my heart last time to see them kind of wandering around the audience. The, our Barnes and Noble in, um, that's close by is very dog friendly. So that's great. Well, I, you yeah. know what, cause I also interviewed another, another, uh, author who also wrote her book about a dog. And I think that's so, it's so wonderful to be able to bring your dog to the story time because the kids must love it. I oh mean, yeah. It's, it's just very listening unusual. to the story it's, and then meeting the dogs. I mean, it's really, it's really exciting, really cute. It's, it's a fun time. I love it. So that's great. Well, thanks so much for today. Is there anything else that you want to add before we finish up? No, but thanks. This was really fun. I love talking to you. Thank you so much. No, thank you. And I, you know what? I wish you were in New York because I would love to come meet you and your dogs. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm ever out in LA, I'll definitely, I'll definitely, you know. Yeah, come on you. by. All right. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thanks thank so much. You. Thanks for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language Sharing Mealtime. 